0: hello and welcome to a special episode of course correction on between us girls this is an episode that was supposed to be aired in april of 2019 this was going to be our last uh group episode but i ended up recording it by myself with uh rachel dojal so these are like the lost files so you guys are going to get to hear about her and kind of how her life is or was at the time and we talk a little bit about uh, nipsey hustle and uh, his work because that was right that that very same week that that happened so i hope you guys like this episode and try to show her some grace after hearing it um i think there's a lot of misunderstanding that surrounds her so maybe this episode will give you guys some insight into who she really is Okay, Um, I am here, Michelle, with Between Us Girls, and I'm here with Miss Rachel Dozal on the phone. Rachel, say hello. Hey. So, I am so excited for this conversation, and I'm so happy that you um, agreed to talk to Between Us Girls. And I just want to start by saying, um, I think it's really important that people understand that the old conversation that has been had regarding you and anything about you is old and stale and we want to try to change the narrative and we're going to change the conversation. So today I'm just going to have some girl talk with Rachel and we're just going to talk about life and motherhood and all kinds of things that us moms do. So Rachel why don't um, we be- why don't we begin by talking about what you did today? <laughs>
1: well, I like, any given day is pretty much a mix of juggling artwork, whether it's creating it or shipping it or trying to market it, um, doing hair and taking care of my little guy, Langston, who's three. And this week is actually spring break for him and for my, my middle son, Franklin, who's 17. He's a junior. So, yeah, it's been kind of just a mix of um, doing Franklin's hair I always do his hair for school, but when he's on spring break now, I seem to do his hair like twice a day. He's just really picky about, he wants this like blowout, mm. curly top type look, yeah. and he can't do it himself. Right. <laughs> so like, like, a you know, just random times a day, like, I want to go hang out with friends, you do my hair, and I'm just like, really? You know? Right. So this week is just one of those weeks where, you know, today just kind of um, a little less productive than usual, but... I love spending time with my kids, and, you know, they're both, like, the highlights of my day regardless, so, right, yeah, just, you yeah, know, running around, getting groceries, cooking, cleaning, <laughs> all that kind of stuff.
0: Just doing so. the mom thing, just doing the mom thing.
1: Doing the mom thing, trying to pay the bills while doing the mom thing. Right, so,
0: so, so how are you um, earning, what are you doing for income right now?
1: So right now I have my website, which is racheldolezal.com, and I sell my artwork as well as I make dolls, Melanin Spectrum dolls, and I sell signed photos, autographs, copies of my memoir. Um, just kind of like a variety of things on my website. And, and then I also braid hair. I do dreadlocks, I do weaves. I have about 35 hair clients. So I cycle through. You know, whenever they have a need, and sometimes that's very last minute, and then sometimes people cancel, and so you know, the hair the hair g- game is up and down. But I do hair from home. I actually mm-hmm. had a chair at a shop, but um, it wasn't working out. To have Langston in daycare um, mm-hmm. for the cost, and also just he is too overwhelmed by by that with his knees, and so. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just kind of like a kitchen stylist, I guess would sort of be the term, but I just do hair out of my home, and um, that's pretty much, you know, social media. I have a YouTube channel now, so I try and do a video whenever I get a chance, a few extra minutes to do that, but otherwise I'm painting or doing Kulata's work or commission art projects or just, you know, a wide array of things, really. Um, so, yeah, every single day is different, which yeah. is which is fun on the one hand. On the other hand, it's annoying <laughs> and frustrating. Yeah, that's true. somebody like, I like to be organized and scheduled. and
0: Yes, uh, as a Scorpio, you know, yeah, I can totally see that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, I'm not, self, the self-employment gig is not really my first choice at all. It's just out of necessity. And really, hair and art have always been what I fall back on when I don't have a salary job. Mm-hmm. So, you know, throughout my life, I mean, I since I was nine years old, I was buying my own clothes and shoes wow. from creative, entrepreneurial work, you know. So, um, yeah, I, I just kind of have a little array of side hustles that then become the main hustle when there's nothing else. <laughs> yeah.
0: So let me ask you then, um, do you feel, you don't feel like you have enough with your um, just working out of the house? You feel like you, you're, like there's a lack without the salary job, is that how you feel, or you feel like the salary job is more beneficial to your, um, your spiritual needs, like being able to get out and do that kind of thing? Well,
1: my, my main salary job previously was teaching, and I really miss teaching, because Mm -hmm. I love to read, I love to engage in academia, and I miss that kind of, like, intellectual challenge and I miss the interaction with students and colleagues and you know that was really fulfilling to me socially I guess I I really don't have a social life at all it's like zero percent yeah um and my heart is way too shattered to even consider any kind of romantic anything so you know there's kind of like an element of isolation and loneliness to being self-employed that I I don't think is great for my spirit long term Mm -hmm. but I can survive it Um, when it comes to the unpredictable nature of just the financial level of is it enough that's a question that has to be answered every single month right? because it's like oh god you know are we going to follow the cliff or are we going to is something going to come through and it's just kind of that um, anxiety I guess that Mm -hmm. is is driven by that self-employment um, status of just, you know, just kind of like sorting through your mind every single day. Like, am I doing enough? Did I, did I do enough marketing? Did I,
0: yeah.
1: you know, take can my I, can I creative space and really produce something outstanding that people want to purchase as well? Because a lot of my art that I'm creating from within is kind of painful and sad. And so, you yeah. know, people don't always want to have. Moody art on their walls.
0: So, you never know. I mean, there's a whole host of people that are moody and melancholy and would love to tap into that. So, I feel like. Well,
1: yeah, I mean, it's it's not like I don't create that, but -hmm. I I just kind of cycle through. I have like several different series, so I try to not only create that, Um, I try to also create and connect with things that bring me joy Mm -hmm. or things that you know, or some kind of human commonality theme or just abstract art because a lot of people like abstracts Mm -hmm. and, you know, because they're so interpretive and it's not right or wrong or black or white or whatever. So, yeah, I I guess um, just kind of sorting through that space of balance for, for my spirit and then for the, for the the bank account and then the kids' needs whether it's you know, financial or just my attention and sometimes it is really tricky to stay available in
0: that
1: creative space when yeah. it's constantly disrupted like every 10 minutes you know, yes
0: like, I understand uh, with a toddler so, I know I know you know my daughter yeah. is, is six years old and it's like can I just have like 10 minutes of straight like where I'm working you know I understand you need me but I need this you know so like do you you know what I wanted to ask you I have two questions actually I wanted to ask you if you thought you were a spiritual person and then also I wanted to ask you what you do when you need like some self-care do you have a routine or is that something that you that you lack right now because a lot of moms kind of don't have that. So you can answer either question in whatever order.
1: Well, I I do feel like I'm more of a spiritual than religious type of person, and a lot of that just comes from being raised in a very, like, cultishly religious household Mm -hmm. where, I, yeah, religion is very triggering for me, Mm -hmm. Christian religion, especially the white Jesus variety. So, you know, like, I just kind of try and separate from from that, but I still have a belief in, like, a creator, you know, an energy, I, you know, I just can't discount that, um, sense of connection to spirit, so I do stay connected, I do know who I am in that sense of the, you know, part of my identity or whatever, spiritually, and that's really important, because that's, you know where that's really what drives a lot of our authenticity and yeah. interactions, and kind sort of like that bedrock core that you have to go to when things are in an upheaval state. Right.
0: Right. So um,
1: yeah, and then also as far as self care, that's something I've really struggled with my whole life. I mean, I fight for time to take care of myself. I I also really <clears throat> have never overcome the notion that I was raised, I was raised with this idea that if you're having fun, you're sinning.
0: Oh yeah. So
1: I was constantly getting punished for anything that I enjoyed, even if it was just creative, you know, like mm-hmm. nothing wrong really. It was just like, no, you can't enjoy doing, you can't enjoy dancing or you can't enjoy whatever.
0: Oh, that sounds so, so impressive. Yeah. Well, yeah.
1: I mean, you yeah, know,
0: I was yeah. raised with race
1: Yeah. Know. Yeah. <laughs> a really terrible patriarchal yeah. type of household sexist, whatever, so, um, I think that when it comes down to self-care, it ha- always happens around the edges, like, yeah. I do have some things, like, I drink tea, I take hot baths, If I like, not hot baths, plural, like, one hot bath, you know, at the yeah. end of the day, but, um, <laughs> I make five minutes, even if Langston has to sit in his high chair for five minutes, and that's, like, he, you yeah, know, he's fine, he, I'll just give him a treat. Or something, Mm -hmm. cinema fighter, the movie, and it's like, I need to take my bath and then we can go to bed. Um, But I don't really have any vices for coping mechanisms. Yeah. Um, I would say that when it comes to self care, I'm, other than hot baths and tea and a few things that just kind of keep the edge off, I don't necessarily have any, you know, sustained. You know, mega plans for yeah. you know, like retreat or um, you know, time for therapy or anything mm-hmm. like that. So, yeah, that's that's just kind of I mean how how I'm functioning right now. But
0: well, um, I think you're functioning like a lot of mothers, and that's and uh-huh. a, really a lot of women. And I'll just say that, and shoot, a lot of men too. People who we live in the society. The society where yeah. the the goal is to make money. Because if you don't, right. you won't eat, you know. Right. Instead of, how can I live my best? How can I feel good? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's kind of what I'm trying to break into. Because I, like you, never really had self-care. I was never really <laughs> able to put myself first before anything. And while I love my children, I'm trying to learn that, if I'm not okay, they're definitely not okay. And so I think oh. that's one thing that, that women and mothers in, in, in particular always feel a little bit guilty when we go uh-huh. and enjoy ourselves. Or if right. I, even if I use the restroom alone and I purposefully lock the door, I'm like, Ugh, I know she's going to be trying to come in here. But <laughs> I I deserve that time, you know? So, yeah, well,
1: well, I know. It's like we don't want to we don't want our kids in distress like right. even if it's for two seconds right. because we're moms right. and we, we have that deep care for them and I, you know I almost don't think that there's anything wrong with that on, on one hand on mm-hmm. the one hand because you know that sacrificial love that unconditional love has a role and has a purpose mm-hmm. but yes there does need to be some kind of a refilling of right. the spirit and even the body you know like mm-hmm. like making time to exercise I try and exercise, and you know, length is right up. Yeah, I can't even exercise.
0: Right, <laughs> right. Like,
1: like he it's like a health and safety, it's like a safety issue if I exercise.
0: If you try to work I'm out, I mean,
1: like you know, hit him with a weight, or he's gonna try and get his hands into the mm-hmm. elliptical, or you know what I mean? It's just, um, yeah. So I, I feel like you know, I could probably do jumping jacks when he's in a side chair or something if yeah. I was really committed, but. You
0: know, burpees <laughs> right something sometimes
1: it's just that you know I don't want to use it as an excuse but at the same time it's a season of life like they're right. only young for so many years and I guess because I've been raising children for 26 years of mm-hmm. my you know like for the last 26 years I've been taking care of some child or other right. so it's you know there's never um,
0: so you haven't been and, in self care for like 26 years is what you're saying <laughs>
1: well there's nothing happening before before you know the yeah before I there. so yeah but um, i literally was homeschooled mm-hmm. because after my parents adopted my four younger siblings um, my mom got supposedly got chronic fatigue syndrome and couldn't I
0: am not even say she supposedly got
1: <laughs>
0: so i had to like
1: you know, be homeschooled so that I could, which meant I actually taught myself from the teacher's manuals, hand right. raised four kids, and probably trained all of them, and, you know, it was like four babies in cloth diapers, because they didn't have money to buy diapers yeah. either, so I had to sew cloth diapers, oh my God. So I felt like I was, like, in having a midlife crisis or something when I was 18 and went yeah, to college, I felt break like I was out of there. getting my life down. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I had that guilt, like... I can't go to college, like you just leaving yeah. me you
0: know but <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the thing yeah. is that for you to even have those thoughts and those are not your children you know what I'm saying, like they're your siblings right. and you felt like I can't leave them, that is just so I mean honestly I, I don't want to say I feel sorry for you because I, I can't you know what I mean, you're a human, this is part of the human condition, we go through things but I feel right. so, I feel for you so, because I feel like your spirit was so stifled, you know what I'm saying? And then you're only allowed to do so many things. It's like, you, it's going to take you some time to really know you. And when you don't ever have a chance to open and find out who that is, because we all need to know what what our purpose is, because that's the time that you feel full. You know what I mean? Like Um. you'll never ever be able to so no one will be able to break you or make you feel any kind of way when you really know you. And I think it's horrible when children aren't allowed to explore every opportunity that comes to them because you never know what you are, who you are, until you're able to tap into you. Yeah.
1: Well, I don't, I don't think anybody's really at their best when they're in survival mode or when they're, yeah. you know, they're like having to be so high-functioning for to caretake somebody else mm-hmm. yeah, you know, mm-hmm. somebody else's life right. but at the same time it's kind of like the happiest moments of my life which I wouldn't really characterize my life as being a happy one but like the happiest, the, the times when I felt the happiest was when I was doing something for somebody else you know mm-hmm. like, like I mean you know feeling useful or feeling productive or whatever and so yeah it is sometimes um you know, kind of, like, just to self-reflect it's necessary to kind of just sit back and go, like, okay, what what is my value aside from everything that I can mm-hmm. do, you know, what is my value? And right. I think that a lot of the relationships that I've been in with men or women, like romantic-type relationships, have been based on what I can do for another person. Right. And that's kind of why I'm just taking a break, and I haven't been with anybody for three and a half years. I'm really just trying to take a break from that. You know, I have my kids, obviously, that I have to show up for, mm-hmm. you know, everything to take care of them, but, you know, like, just to pour a little bit into myself if yeah. I have anything, you know, left to give or whatever for the day, because, you know, they're, I'm worth more than just tasks
0: and right. cooking and
1: cleaning and <laughs> taking care of people, so. Yeah, I mean,
0: yeah. and then, again, too, sometimes people, that's their purpose, is to be a nurturer, you know? Because everyone uh-huh. is not a nurturer. And since we're really supposed to live in a community, you know, uh-huh. I could be like, Rachel, I need somebody to hug my son. Because I don't know what the hell is going on. Like, you know what I mean? Because I'm not, I don't, I've never been super soft. Now, of course I love, 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 love my children. But I've never been the super sweet, hug, 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 love, 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 all the time mommy. I'm like, we have to work. Do you want to pull the cart uh-huh. or you want to push it? Because I'm by myself. So I get into that, too. Like, I feel like I'm always one way instead of trying to do some of both, you know? hmm yeah. Especially with the teenagers. So can you talk to me a little bit about your experience <laughs> with teenagers? Oh, gosh.
1: Well, and I only have boys. Like, I yes. can't it seems like it's possible for me to make a girl, which is another whole conversation. But,
0: you They're know... They're more trouble are, than no, no. they look. They are trouble. Oh. Daughters.
1: <laughs> so... With boys, because my my oldest is now he you know, has two bachelor's degrees. He's headed to one in the first master's, and hopefully, then law, law school after that. Mm-hmm. I feel kind of like okay, well, there's one success. I can you know be confident that something was working.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But with Franklin, I mean, he's 17 now. He's grown so much in the last oh
0: my god three he years. has. And like, of course, I don't know you yeah. personally, but the scene pictures, I'm like, he is such a handsome little fella
1: oh yeah I know and he doesn't even know it I mean he doesn't even think he's I mean it's just like oh my god once he goes to college he'll figure it out yeah (laughs) because there's this weird situation like we live in a community that's 2% black so like the high schools and stuff are just kind of weird like the the girls like either black like darker black guys or white guys and they don't Mm -hmm. like light skinned black guys Mm -hmm. or mixed guys whatever and I'm like it's not the whole world. You'll be okay. <laughs> yeah,
0: he'll be all right. You'll <laughs> <Like>, be fine. <laughs> but,
1: right? It's like you will. You will have a situation at some point when somebody's trying to have your baby. So just, come, right. you know, like just, just move forward. You'll, you're fine. There's nothing wrong with you. Because we've had so many conversations where, you know, his hair isn't right, and mm-hmm. why is he so ugly, and everything. And i was like, oh, like, God. like if you could just hear
0: yourself from I know a, it. an adult perspective. <laughs> You know, but my son always, is like that, too, hair. sometimes. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, and
1: the hair and the outfits. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know what girls are like at that age, but boys are no less high maintenance.
0: Oh, my gosh, than... it's ridiculous. My son called me at 10 o'clock last night from upstairs when he was supposed to be asleep, and he was like, can you run out and buy me a hoodie? I can go to bed. You know, I'm not doing <laughs> that. I don't know what you're trying to do. Ain't no fashion show up there at that school.
1: Right. <laughs> I know. It's... I mean, it's kind of
0: sad that it's that hard to survive social life in high school.
1: Without a hoodie. But right. Right. Or without a hoodie that says Pants on it, you know, right. or whatever. <laughs> like, right. Like I had insignia. them or in brand, you know, right. put them in that certain status
0: bracket. But you know what? And I feel and like that's just part of it. Like, why? I don't want to wear a hoodie that has anyone else's brand on it but my own. And mm-hmm. the only reason why I say that is because... I want to promote me and I want to promote right. what I stand for I don't know what all these people do at home and I'm standing uh-huh. behind their brand you know what I mean like that's why whenever we were talking a little bit about you know you being able to really break out and do some things like there are people who will get behind what you what you talk about you know I was watching your yeah. YouTube and you were cooking and I was like I want to taste the chicken wings you know I think there's definitely... Yeah. Everybody should really promote themselves. And I know you're like, well, did I do enough marketing and things like that? You do enough for the group that is following you. And not everyone uh-huh. is going to have a trillion followers, but as long as you have a dedicated group, you can do anything you want right. to do. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think that, you know,
1: that, that idea is I'm not going to wear somebody else's brand. I mean, that's really what... I mean, not to... Not to change the conversation, but, like, yeah. Nipsey hustles are really about that, right? Because,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: like, I'm not going to work for some white record label or whatever. Right. Like, I'm going to make my own label. I'm going to do my own thing. But I think that that kind of mentality of um, being self-sufficient mm-hmm. and, you know, keeping all the money within the community yes. and within your family and that kind of thing really does build more than the follow up mentality. But that's something that's so hard to break through to a teenager. I mean you know, to get them to understand that. And I think that my oldest son didn't understand that until he actually went to college. I mean it wasn't until he moved into the dorm Mm. that they all kind of like light bulb moments went off. I mean he couldn't even keep his room clean until he moved out of the house. And now Uh, and then his apartment was followed. I'm like, wow,
0: you actually
1: you
0: know how to clean and cook and <laughs> you know like how come this never yes. happened at home but it's you know what really that just speaks <laughs> to all the things that you taught him like he was really paying attention even though he was flipping wow. at the time you know like yeah. somebody else told me recently that their child went to live with other people like you know outside their family when they got to be um like 20 or something and they were like these people are filthy but it's like that's what you yeah. really have to realize is that your mom is not telling you to clean up because she wants to be mean. She's teaching you to not be a filthy person because they're out right. there. And guess who you're going to end up? Somebody's got to be clean. Everybody can't be a whore. Well, yeah,
1: I mean, in, in other ways too. It's just it's a real joy to see your kids like blossom and right. to see that evidence of what you taught them exactly. come out. And that's just that's what, even with my teenage son. I hear all the time from other kids' parents, like, oh, he's so well-mannered. He's such, well, like, he's welcome out of our house anytime. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm
0: like, oh, really? Like, right.
1: tell, me, tell me how he pulls that off. <laughs>
0: like, right, because I don't see that, so, like, are you sick? <laughs> but, you
1: know, just to know that, like, yes, I, you know, he did a good home training, and he is showing that somewhere.
0: Right, maybe not know, here with me, but oh. uh, someplace.
1: Right. And I think, you know, with with a mom, especially being a single mom, there's always that struggle of, you know, with boys, I don't know if it's the same with girls, but, like, the kind of kickback, almost like pushing against the mom, like they're asserting themselves as a man and trying to, you know, do the opposite of everything that you say, and Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, this is exhausting, but at the end of the day, I noticed that they actually did internalize. Some of this stuff especially when it comes to like history yeah franklin gets i mean he acts like he hasn't paid attention at all his entire life he's acting like he, he didn't you know care about anything that we ever talked about but it comes out in his history. He gets, like he has ap um advanced history classes and he's always got an a yeah
0: yeah so he's holding on to that information and that's good that's amazing yeah
1: he's still so well, no, his history. I mean, I, I think a little bit of that came out in the documentary when he was kind of how an eighth grader. He's like nobody else in the class knew who Frederick Douglass was. And
0: wow! Like,
1: Crazy. Is that
0: in the same district that you guys are in now?
1: Yeah, yeah, we're still in the same district. I mean, he was like 13 in the documentary, right? And yeah. So he's 17 now. And he's mm-hmm. totally changed in terms of his just the way he carries himself, and his confidence, and just kind of, like, his place in the world, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's the same, it's the same district, um, he's just not in middle school anymore, he's in high school, he's yeah. a junior in high school, so, um, and an athlete, and he, he, did, he uh, made varsity as a sophomore in track, and then football was on the varsity team, and he's running
0: track again this year for- yeah my son just started track too so he's doing hurdles like the 100 and 300 hurdles and the boy oh don't have God. the gna that i have is fine i mean he he was all right he did all right i'm gonna support him you know what i mean i just, yeah I'm, I'm not even concerned that you're like a, a super speedy gonzalez like that's not the point the point is is can you start something and can you learn to enjoy it or if you don't enjoy it, pull back. That's fine. You find something else. Yeah. I just want him to be exposed to different things. Because I think right. when parents decide for kids, okay, well, this is your job. Before they've uh-huh. decided for themselves what they're good at or what they what their passion is, that's kind of where things of go off the rails. Yeah,
1: no, I agree. I mean that's that's kind of oppressive in a way too. Yeah. Um, force your kid to kind of like live your dream or or whatever, you know, do what you think they should do. At the same time, Franklin, it took him until high school to actually figure out what he liked as far as sports and he likes football and he likes track and now he kind of, you know, he complains to me all the time, like, why didn't you get me started in any sports earlier? And I'm like, seriously, I tried, but you weren't interested and I was trying to let you you know, lead with your interests, and he's like, Mom, if you would have had me doing this and this at, you know, this age, and I would be so good right now, and <laughs> mm-hmm. just like, yeah, but I'm not that parent, like, I, right. I want you to have your own mind, and I want you to lead you know, yourself down your path, and, you know, self-assert yourself, in, you know, in the world, and not have somebody need to tell you what to do, and push you in a direction that you don't want to go. Right,
0: right, because you might so, be alone sometime. You can't always have somebody yeah. push you forward. Sometimes you got to do it yourself. Yeah. So and he is that
1: one that's like you know he has to win first
0: or second. Oh I, yeah. I can't
1: not, that, that was me too.
0: In, <laughs> yeah. in life,
1: you know, sports.
0: So yeah, my yeah. son he gets a little bit upset when he's not number one. But I'm like, try again, you know. But I wanted I to know. ask you how, like, let's talk a little bit about what happened with Nipsey Hustle because I think that's like a huge. I mean, it's, it's been a huge effect on. The black community, the white community, people who are in tune with the community. You know what I mean? Like, people who believe in community living and just doing doing what you feel like you're being led to do. So, where were right. you when you found out? And, like, beforehand, like, did you have any feelings or, like, did you get any vibes? I've, people keep saying that they felt heavy right before.
1: Uh, yeah, I don't... I can't really I wasn't really like tuned into or associating how I was feeling before with, with that particular event because like I said my days are so chaotic mm-hmm. so um and I cycle through so many different feelings yeah <laughs> okay. well, I wouldn't know if it was because of that or something else mm-hmm. but you know but um I I just really respect his uh, ability and commitment to give back to the community and you know his activism and I'm not going to pretend to be like oh you know I know every single one of his songs and everything you know it seems right. like a lot of people just kind of like try and fake it like oh mm-hmm. I'm the biggest Nipsey Hussle fan right. ever Right. and it's like I'm not I'm not gonna you know pretend to, to like know everything about his life but I do know that his activist work um, you know was a huge contribution and I really the one thing that I kind of respect about him the most is as I said, his uh, determination really to work for himself Mm -hmm. and to, you know, keep black dollars black. And I used to be the uh, communications chair for the Black Business Persons Union here in Spokane Uh uh, years ago. And basically we had like 43 black-owned businesses here in Spokane, and we were committed to, like, every business owner we would support one business every month, and we cycle through so that every mm-hmm. business got a, a boost um, throughout the year.
0: Yeah,
1: and just just kind of uh, organized action like that really does make a difference. And anybody who's doing that work, I think, should be commended. It's hard work; it yeah. takes a lot of time and a lot of discipline, and a lot of there's always inciting and issues to overcome, just interpersonal pettiness and mm-hmm. stuff that, you know props up, and you gotta kind of like just keep right. everybody on board and move forward. And so, you know, he was he was obviously doing that work that day. I mean, taking yeah. the side to get you know to get to clothes get after mm-hmm. yeah getting getting released. I, I mean, twenty years. Oh my god, like that's just yeah. Um, you know, yeah. Like, I'm thinking, know, uh, trying to imagine coming out after that long and having somebody to you know, Thank be a support right. to lean on and so you know, I think it's it's awesome that Jay Z has really, you know, kind of stepped in for his kids and you know, just kind of watching stuff. So, but I also think it's extremely tragic, you know, who whose hand took him down too yeah, and that's another right. You know what I mean? Like it's it's just like really, like can you know, can can we be on the same page? You know, can we well, unite and you
0: work know? together and like I don't know I, I really Trust okay there. so this is like before before I even found out about this over the weekend I went to Dallas for a client we were trying to well she's trying to do a fashion lookbook. so I said okay well I'll go I'll volunteer as tribute because she's in New York so she can't go to Dallas so I was like I go okay. so while I'm there I'm like I really feel like something big is going to happen and I feel like this is what I'm being told to do So I start telling my boyfriend, okay, so I want to do a, I I need to, I've been saying I want to open a consignment shop. So I'm like, I want to open my shop, but I feel like we need a club too. And then I feel like we need the little club lounge to be a place for people to network and do business in a safe space. You know what I mean? Because sometimes things get hectic. But then I also said I wanted to do a center, you know, where we could do creative and performing arts for the kids. But then also if people want to do homeschooling, you could offer that too. just something for everybody to be at this one spot. And then when we come home and find out that I was like, oh, you know, because that's somebody I could model after, Uh you know, somebody who's doing Uh it right. Somebody I could have even eventually tapped into and said, can you please teach me? what uh-huh. what I need to know yeah. about how how to build this up because I feel like that's the only way for us to to win is for us to really work together. Everybody's dollars go into pay for whatever space we're in and then uh-huh. whatever we have as excess back to the community or back to each other or you know just like however because the, really the source in the system is supposed to work like you don't keep any excess. That's what's wrong with right. this whole entire establishment is there's so much excess. You can't even eat right. if you don't have these dollars. And they have so right. many of them. So it's like, why does one, 1% one percent have all the dollars? And the rest of us are like, well, girl, we might not eat today. That's ridiculous. Right, yeah. Or,
1: or we won't eat well, you right. know, we
0: might eat healthy. right. Huh. Really, but um, that dollar menu, it don't hit the same. Well, right, we're going to, you know, then
1: there's, like, the whole healthcare yeah. industry that's going to pick up with, oh, now you need heart medication and all this other, you know. Or now you have a cut. whole
0: cancer because all you had to right. eat was dollar menu burgers for the last 15 years because you ain't got no money. But you also right. don't have money to pay for this cancer. You know what right. I mean? Like, it's crazy have, to me. Like, 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 and it's all
1: about money. Cause, it is. Like, the, the cancer... Societies and Heart Society Association and all that kind of stuff is like connected with the the big farms and mm-hmm. you know animal processing plants and yeah. it's just like all connected in
0: dollars as far exactly as, and all these people invest in the that. same businesses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, yeah.
1: That's, that's always been my goal. Has been kind of what you said. I, I don't know about the club because I, like it, but I don't like that fun. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like you. I just, you know, it's just like the last thing on my mind. It's like education and yeah, economic development and healthcare and you know all these you know political representation and and those were really the initiatives that I was um, championing with the not just the NAACP but in the community work I was doing before then too um, that won me that election and it was just you know like like let's build together yeah. and that created a lot of interest and excitement and went from, like, 30 members to, like, 220 members in five months. Wow. So with, with that many more people, we had eight committees, and we were putting the superintendent of schools on blocks, you know, for the disproportionalities in the schools, and we yeah. weren't holding the elected officials accountable and running um, black people for office from school board on up. And, mm-hmm. you know, like, so just kind of this holistic approach, like, let's join ARMS at the foundation level and just march forward and overcome. And that's, I mean, even obviously MLK was assassinated for his civil rights work, but mm-hmm. like when he was assassinated, it was part of the poor people's campaign. And that, that march to emancipate people from poverty, especially, you know, the community that has never, you know, never received reparations. and like, has that that biggest gap, and just, you know, I guess, you know, a lot of people probably feel like, because I have white parents, like, I can't relate to any of that, but it's, like, I grew up on a mountainside with no money, right, and I I grew up in poverty.
0: I don't, I really don't believe that, though, and I feel like (laughs) the people who, keep going, yeah,
1: no, I'm just saying, like, you know, I know what it's like to be poor, and, you know, we were making patterns for clothes out of newspapers and trying to sell everything. And you know, I was embarrassed. That's why I started working at age Nine to buy my own clothes and shoes because I didn't want to be a social outcast forever.
0: Yeah. MVP,
1: you know having all these homemade, um, <laughs> really honest <Amish> working <laughs> yeah clothes. Yes. And you know, just kind of just that that mentality of like, how can I? you know, catch up, because I always felt behind, you know, and how can I be part of part of the group, yeah. how can I not be left out and sitting on the sidelines or rejected, and anyways, I think the Poor People's Campaign is really what, um, you know, was at the heart, of course, of the civil rights movement, and, and that work is still not done, no. as you said, but yeah the gap is actually widened between yeah. the, richest, the richest of the rich and the poorest of the
0: poor. And yeah. And then yeah, they don't teach like us that that up. we're not taught because we go to their school, right? We go to their school uh-huh. to learn how to go to work, how to be a good citizen, and then we learn economics. Right. We don't go to school to learn how to really live because the instruction for living are not at school and they want to keep they want to separate church and state which we know the bible is sometimes broken Okay, but there are pieces of information there that could help us in our actual life but I feel like no, they don't teach you how to manifest which is very important because you can definitely do anything you want to do as long as you use that positive energy and channel it in the direction of what you want But that's not what's taught. I wish somebody, my dad tried to teach me that, but he passed away when I was 16. So I didn't learn that until I was, shit, uh, five months ago. And now I'm like, okay, well, what else can I do? You know, because I'm like, if I can make these changes, I don't want to make them just for me. I want to make them for everyone. Which I know that's a heavy duty undertaking. But I feel like it can be done if I connect with the right people who also have, like you said, like minds. If we can link together, awesome. we don't have to be in the same zip code. If we have the same right. mind frame, because social media and the internet connect us every day.
1: Mm-hmm. I agree. Well, and it is a real globalized world. I mean, you don't even have to be in the same country. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it's like if any everybody who has a comma in their bank account can help somebody. Yeah. <laughs> um, and even if you don't, you can still give time or something else, but, yeah, I really have that heart of, let's meet the needs, and, we don't have to have all this fancy, extra, mm-hmm. stuff, um, millions of dollars, and, big, hyped, hype, whatever, you know, brand names, and all that kind of thing, but, right people who need to have their basic needs met.
0: Sometimes and I part have of not even that. Yeah, part of that is, you know, good education, and
1: we mm-hmm. don't have even that in our school
0: systems, you know, so. Um, exactly. And, you know. kind it comes to history. I feel like, you know, you said that, you know, you don't have a salary job anymore, and I think you'd like one. Uh-huh. But I would rather not have a salary job. So I could spend yeah. time with my kids because I feel like that's part of, you know, becoming an adult. You spend time with your parents. They teach you. You're a copy of them. You don't know how to work uh-huh. anything if they don't tell you, you know. So it's kind of like okay. if I'm at work, I can't be present where I kind of need to be. So I feel like mm-hmm. there's a way for us to kind of balance that. I'm still looking for it. When I find it, you know, I'll let you know. Um, <laughs> but, right. you know, I, I well, guess. I am definitely
1: like aware of that being the silver lining you Mm -hmm. know amidst the kind of isolation and loneliness and super you know the monthly anxiety of where the money is coming from -hmm. you know I still do have that time with Lincoln and I've had I've been with him for his whole first three years of life and so that is a joy and that is something I'm very grateful for even though um, I've been trying to get Back into the workforce officially or whatever, and I think part of it too is just uh, I feel like I am kind of blocked. Like there's a, there are a lot of opportunities that I could have, even just working from home. But speaking engagements, I, the last thirteen speaking engagements that have been scheduled have all been canceled, and so I've lost all of that opportunity income. And it's they're always canceled because somebody complains, and then it gets boycotted. And then, the, you know, the university or wherever I was supposed to speak at gets freaked out and then the media well, gets involved and everybody, you know, so...
0: That is ugly. That's
1: frustrating. That's all I have to say. Like, I, I have to feed my kids, you know, you and I'm know. trying my best to do that, but people are just, like, blocking me, like, no, don't let her in, don't let her make a dollar, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I, I feel like at the end of the day, all of that money is... You know, going to support my kids and anything that I did have left over, I will. You know, I I do share and I do give back all yeah. the time. So um, that's just you know, I've never had savings or you know trust funds or any anything yeah. like that. And um, yeah, that and I think about that right. you know, it's it's hard what you're saying earlier about if you have a dream, like go chase it and you can you know, just with your focus and your energy you can achieve it. <laughs> and sometimes I'm just like, Oh, but you know, with somebody who has a cool load of a million dollars or something like that would be so much easier to yeah. achieve. <laughs> But, you know, it just takes longer, it's harder, mm-hmm. it is possible but yeah, if you're that person who's kind of, you know, locked out yeah. of every door that anybody has control over, mm-hmm. it does make it harder. So but, but what maybe, would you like maybe, to do? Uh, what would I like to do? Yeah, as far I as I like to eliminate white supremacy <laughs> yeah. and racism. Okay. You know, like, I would really like to institute reparations for everybody who has that generational trauma in America. I would like to um, really build an equitable and inclusive society mm-hmm. or small communities or whatever yeah. but beyond that you know like for, for the short term right now um, I really would like to get back to teaching and activism in mm-hmm. some form even if it's just speaking here and there or um, you know being a part of projects activist projects right. you know I don't have to have like a big title or salary but I just do need to have, like, a place at the table. I do need to have, like, an, you know, like, the opportunity to contribute my time and talent to, uh, the to cause, and I, I want to, and I'm ready to, um, but I also don't want to be, like, I really don't want to be a detriment to anything, and sometimes when I do show up for causes, it becomes a distraction or a detriment to the purpose or the mm-hmm. vision of that particular event or that cause and that's really heartbreaking and um you know so I just kind of right now I just feel like I'm sort of in a you know like um tight jacket yeah (laughs) trying to just wiggle I don't really feel like I have the luxury of dreaming I was like oh what would you just want to do I'm like I can't even move let alone
0: fly (laughs) yeah that's true I will say this before we go thank you so much for talking to me and I want to ask you what do you want people to know about you? Not what they think they know. Just uh-huh. you. Like, who Who are you? What color is your aura? Who are you?
1: Well, when it comes to an aura color, I probably would be most, most close to blue. Mm-hmm. Um, because I really am a helper. You know, I'm a giver, not a taker. I am somebody who seeks to bring solutions, not problems. I don't like to cause conflict. Um, And I think that, you know, a lot of people feel like I'm a source of pain and that's definitely not what I'm about. I'm about healing and I'm about helping Mm -hmm. and empathy. So that's kind of like the core part of me that I I hope at some point can be understood to kind of, you know, heal some of the misunderstandings. Beyond that, I really would like people to know that I'm a super dedicated mom and that my kids always come first and it breaks my heart when, you know, things that happen to me.
0: Affect them. You know,
1: people, yeah, like, they are always affected and I hope that people kind of could take pause, at least to just consider that. Yeah.
0: Um, Yeah, because every time they block you, they're blocking your kids and that's not cool.
1: Right right and I will fight for my kids Mm -hmm. you know I might not always do the best at fighting for myself but I like I fight for my kids hard and I always will and um, when it comes to like a personal um, kind of path I would love to get back into education because I am a natural teacher and you know leader I'm an organizer I like to, to bring people together and create and catalyze mm-hmm. um, things and so that I'm creating artwork or creating in the kitchen or creating community programs, I just I like to create yeah. and build. So that's kind of the energy that that represents me. So um yeah, I hope people do consider reading my book at some point if okay. you know, for anybody who's a reader I know some people have seen stuff on TV or watched the Netflix film, but the only place that my voice really has a, a space is my memoir, because
0: mm-hmm.
1: that's the only thing that I had control over.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, the film we didn't have any control over content or editing or.
0: Yeah. You know, I was gonna ask you two if years, you liked like that of an hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like you know when it when
1: they even released it, Franklin was so upset. Yeah. He almost went on the Today Show with Megan Kelly because he was offered. Yeah. That uh, they, Netflix begged him not to and told him he'd they get him as little piece in Teen Vogue if he didn't, and of course they never did.
0: But oh, I would, st- um, I would be like, "Hello, he Megan Kelly. Like, I'm, I know you got fired, but I'm ready to come back." <laughs>
1: right. No, he was just like, "Come on." You know that last interview that he did was actually how they, re- how they announced the film, the whole film. Yeah. And was like, I honestly was just, I had a bad day at school, I came home, I didn't want to have cameras in my face, Yeah. and I took it out on my mom, and in that moment, you know, like, I was over it two hours, but, you know, and he talked to the director about it, and she was like, no, I won't, won't. I'll just cut that, it's fine, and
0: And then he's like,
1: really, you didn't even cut it, it was like the whole thing, and he's like, that's not fair, right, you know, but we saw it when it was all done, we didn't have any warning of anything that was or wasn't. And the other thing is that there are um, 12, 12 people in the community, all black members of the community of Spokane, who were um, interviewed, who were very supportive of me, who, they were never, who were cut. They were cut. And it was just like all Katara and Latoya, who had never been involved in Activism in the community, you know, and they, it was just their voices were used as
0: the people who just for like are not even
1: what black women are yeah. saying, you know. Yeah. So I didn't like that either because it also, to some extent, stereotypes. I saw, yeah. you know like it, it was like there's just, there's no diversity it's allowed in the <laughs> in the community. It's just like this is a black woman, you know, as a white female director, and I think she was like, oh my god, this is what black women think, and we have to show that voice.
0: Yeah, and that's not everybody. No. Yeah, so but I think that's fair. Sew, and I don't. Like, but I feel the like color I feel like all of this has really kind of. Well, I think your whole life you've sort of been broken down, and I feel like you just need a chance to rise, to really just get to to in tune with you. And I hope that you do that this year, and I hope that you see some wins, and that when next time you make a speaking engagement I hope that they're not evil to you because that really is ugly behavior canceling it I wouldn't care who told me what I made an agreement with this woman you know that's just I don't like it so yeah thank you so much for coming on and then just tell everybody where they can find you real quick and how to find your book
1: yeah for sure well thanks for having me and, You're welcome. you know for the for the conversation um My website is, it's myname.com, racheldolajal.com, and my handle for Instagram and Twitter is at Rachel A. Dolajal, it's R E C H E L A. and then my last name, D-O-L-E-Z-A-L, and that's, um, I'm also on LinkedIn, I have a Facebook page, everything is blue checked, verified, so there are a whole bunch of fake accounts. Yeah. I'm they don't sure. have many followers, and they don't have the blue check, so okay. <laughs> look for the blue check. Um, I don't have any social media under my legal name, which I changed my name in 2016, three yeah. years ago, but, you know, a lot of people are confused about that, but really, I never wanted that to be public, and then after TMZ leaked it, then it was included it was. as, you know, part of the documentary, too. Yeah. Um, and that name was given to me, and it just, like, randomly selected to send people, you know, it was like somebody you know, from Nigeria, gave me the name, and it was special to me, and it was, blah, blah, blah. you know, it's just like a very personal thing, but yeah. a lot, just a lot of the uh, reasons and explanations, you know, I just feel like are, are in my book. I mean, if people want to read it, and mm-hmm. if they're really curious, then read my book. Yeah. You know, that's the only place, where just hearing, hearing a bunch of rumors and opinions from other people really don't characterize me Yeah. And all those opinions, all the rejection has not changed my moral compass. I still stand for all the same things that I stood for um, justice, equity, inclusion. um, And yeah, just trying to move forward. So.
0: All right. So I hope you really like that. I hope that you feel something about Rachel I hope that you learned a little bit about her as a person and I hope that you are able to take away from it the message that was received by some others if you are one of those who didn't receive a message oh well click off thank you have a great day I will see you guys next week we got more course correction coming back we got sapphire coming through with us next week so yeah be ready for that all right bye